now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmarlroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Cold Hard Truth you got to excuse the uh, flyaway here, but how are you guys doing? Um, it's been a bit of a crazy day. So I think we got a lot on our plate to have a discussion about this evening. As those of you know, my apologies, I'm actually snacking on some nuts. Hopefully they're healthy. It's called Honey Almonds <coughs> by Sahel Snacks. They look healthy, I don't know. Nuts are normally pretty good for you, but listen, folks, um, really disturbing information about uh, some stuff that has gone down today. So um, Atlas, thank you so much for joining in. Yeah, normally I don't want, I don't, necessarily need the glasses on the show. No, they look like they need to be cleaned. So I do tend to take them off during the show, actually. But how are you guys doing? Um, good evening to Keisha, Melita, Ronika. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, Nancy. Uh, you know, the strange thing is I have the show scheduled for 7 o'clock, and I know I'm a few minutes late. Normally, Facebook gives you, I think it's um, 10 minutes or something to start the show and then it deletes it, but it seems like it deleted it before <clears throat> my time was up, so not sure what was going on there, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Good evening, Nancy. Hi, Olivia. Um... As you guys are aware, this morning during the show, if you tuned into the show, you will remember that I had received <clears throat> some very unfortunate news about an incident with a child. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to talk about that here today. Um, just unbelievable. But Nancy, thank you so much for tuning in. Olivia is here for it. Um, Atlas says, you know what? For the longest time, I thought TCHT was uh, Throwback Thursday or something. Little did I realize. No, it's the cold hard truth. I started abbreviating it because sometimes to type the whole thing out, it takes a while. Um... 
So thank you so much, Lenny, for tuning in. Nice to see you. Lenny's looking good in his profile photo there. Melita missed the show. Let's do it. Um, Althea says I should keep the glasses on. I think she likes the nerdy look. The thing with the glasses, though, is they do this reflective thing. And it's actually, um, <clears throat> there's something you're supposed to do with lights and glasses so that you try to eliminate that reflection off of them. And I haven't yet sorted any of that out. Good evening, Tomasa, Maria, Nancy, Pamela. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. G Gina is here. Um, the only thing I can think of is, did I put the wrong time? Um, hmm. I'll have to double check that, but maybe I put the wrong time. Once in a while, I, I forget like PM and AM and I'll mess it up like that. but I'm pretty sure I put the right time. But anyway, listen, folks, we've been talking about this topic of child abuse for a very long time. And there's a couple of things um, that I want to say in relation to it that I think is really important to address. Uh, Larry, thank you so much for joining in. Larry says it's a chilly 49 degrees in New York. Larry, we're going to talk about the U.S. tomorrow and what's happening with COVID because it's every day we think it's bad, it gets worse. But we'll leave that conversation for tomorrow morning. Oh, my gosh. I put 540. What the heck? Thank you guys so much for letting me know that. I have no clue how I selected 540. Hmm. That's way hella confusing. Okay, well, that's totally my mistake. Um, yeah, well, that makes sense then. Okay, all right, well, let's get the show on the road. We've only got an hour. Listen, people, um, Annie, we'll talk about that one in the morning because that's kind of funny, but this situation came to my attention, as you well know, during the show, because a lot of times when I'm on the show, I'm kind of just quickly going through my messages and having a look at what people have sent. And sure enough, this morning I saw a message, I think you guys will recall that I read it out to you about a child being um, allegedly raped and the person had asked me to give them a call for all of the details. So one thing I want to make very, very clear, and I think I've made this clear before, but if I haven't, I want to make it painstakingly clear now. I will never purposely, and I really do my best, even when I'm in conversation, and I do know I'm very, very aware of the fact that my conversations sometimes on this show can get very heated because I am a very passionate person. And in particular on this topic, I... Um, it really just gets under my skin in a way that is difficult for me to explain. You know, even before I was a mother, I 
could tell you that I feel like if if I was ever in a situation where I walked in on a man doing something to a child or really anybody else, I would probably, um, I don't think I'm going to ever end up in jail for it because I think a jury of my peers would let me walk in a heartbeat. But I would say that that man is probably, if I have any um, say about it, not going to walk out of there alive. Um, I cannot imagine, I can't even imagine it. You know, it's just to me that incredibly disturbing. And so that's why I advocate on behalf of victims. I go out of my way to try to be their voice when they don't have a voice. You know, I think all of us have had some experiences that we can look back on. I had a gentleman share an experience with me tonight about how someone tried to sexually assault him when he's about, you know, six, seven years old. And he's never shared the story before with anyone. And I know so many victims who are in that same predicament where they have had situations, whether they were children, really young children, teenagers, you know, um, all sorts of all sorts of situations related to sexual abuse and sexual molestation. And um, I never question victims about why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because I've spoken to enough victims over the years to know that when you're in that situation, I don't even know what goes through your head, right? But people probably think about a million things in terms of trying to process what is happening. There are some people who will disassociate themselves in the situation. So they don't even believe that they're in, like it's happening to them. They just black out. They think it's happening to someone else. I mean, the body responds to stressful situations um, in very different ways. It just depends on the individuals and their life experiences and so on. I've had friends who've said to me, you know, my aunt would give this guy a ride in the car and he would sit in the back and he would fondle my breasts or he would touch me between my legs and he would do all sorts of things. And I never told my parents. Parents are in the car, right? So I know parents think this could never happen to my child. This could never be me. You know, I take all of the necessary precautions to protect my children. I leave them with people that I trust. And when I tell you that you really can't trust anyone, I know that that sounds like, you know, you can't live your life not trusting anyone. But the very people that you think you can trust, the very family members, the very uncles and even aunts will put your children in a position where they can easily become victims. And they will be victimized because unfortunately, predators are out there more than happy to um, make their mark on our young people. You know, 
you can't change a predator in my opinion. All you can do is try to protect your children, right? Try to send them messages um, of this is what we need to do to try to keep you safe. But heaven forbid something should happen to you, then we need to ensure that all steps are taken to make sure the authorities who then will get involved will ensure that this person has the brunt of the law thrown at them. Now, you guys know how I feel about this. I do not think that our legislation is anywhere near where it needs to be. It should be a mandatory life sentence if you rape a child. I think for any rape, but definitely a child rape, you should never see the light of day again. If the death penalty was still available in this country, I think that you should get the death penalty. And I don't make any bones about saying what I'm gonna say. And so of course, when I got this message this morning, I was really, really disturbed. And then in short order, I started to receive a lot of messages from other people um, in my WhatsApp circle. Lots of people were messaging and people knew who it was. So almost immediately the identity of this person was in circulation. What had happened, details about the child, it was in wide circulation. And I had someone who, um, they don't have an official news platform, but they send out news like on WhatsApp and stuff like that. And they actually sent out information identifying who the child, um, how the child is connected to the man, right? Now listen to me and listen to me carefully. I am well aware of the fact that this is the Cayman Islands. And on this island, it does not take much for anybody to put two and two together and to figure out who's who and what is what. Um, it's one of those things where I know that those close to the victim will talk. They're aware of obviously what happened and it's not going to be a secret, you know, which means that unfortunately for the 12 year old child, she will now have to deal with people knowing. And I, I, I wish in the ideal world that that did not have to happen because we don't want, we want victims to get the help that they need. They need to get professional counseling. They need to have those professional services available to them, but walk around in a community as small as Kmat is, knowing that these people know that you have been the victim of some sort of sexual assault has got to be tough on even an adult, much less a child. However, I don't like to put information out there. And when we talk about, for example, I'm an advocate of the sex offenders registry. And one of the excuses that they always use is, um, oh, well, you know, we can't identify who the perpetrator is because then we'll know who the child is. And I said, why? That The two don't necessarily go hand in hand. Even in court cases, 
when you report in court cases, there are things that you can say, right? And of course, the judges have the authorization, and this is widely accepted, that you do not put any details out there that would readily um, identify who the victim is. So you can have a sex offender's registry and say this person has raped a child and don't say how the child is connected to them or who the child is, but still identify the perpetrator because I have said this once and I'm gonna say it again because it needs to be heard a million times, folks. Perpetrators do not just do this once and stop. By the time they are caught, they have had countless victims, countless girls, boys, adults, whatever, that they have victimized. Even in the last couple, the last week at least, we've been talking about, you know, older young ladies being victimized. And we've been talking about, um, the entertainment industry and people who claim to be in the entertainment industry, preying on young victims, preying on young girls. And up to this afternoon, I received yet another message of a young lady from a young lady who had been contacted by the same person we've been discussing about, oh, send me naked pictures. This is their MO. You know, they use instant messaging. They use WhatsApp, they use Facebook, Instagram, every available platform to hunt for your children. They will come into your homes and sit at your table with you and break bread with you while they have your eyes on their eyes on your innocent children and thinking how they can get an opportunity to take advantage of them. Sometimes the very people who are in your home that you trust the most are the ones who are there taking advantage of your children, their fathers, their stepfathers. And so when I tell you don't trust anyone, I mean don't trust anyone. So, you know, I said to someone, why are you saying how this child is related to this man? Because it's not gonna take anyone, and it wouldn't take a brain surgeon to figure out who the child is. Unfortunately, like I've said before, in Cayman, people are going to know. And the person said to me, oh, well, you know, what are you, what are you, what's wrong with you? You're turning into like the white media now because you, you've always shared. And I said, hold on a second. I want you guys to think very carefully about what you're saying here. Because I will always share who the perpetrator is. But there's a lot of information that I will withhold in order to not identify the victim. And that has always been my position. And if you've ever listened to me, you will know. I will say a lot about the perpetrator and very little about the victim. Because in my mind, we have to get to the position in this country where we stop hyper-focusing hyper on who the victim is, what the victim did from what they didn't do, and how they are connected to the perpetrator. 
Um, you guys remember the instance in Baden Town where there was an allegation that whole story has just disappeared. Uh, police claim, oh, there was no sexual assault. Nobody in the community really believes that. Something happened to that child. Something went down. That child was injured in a way that required medical intervention. And you expect us to believe that that was self-induced? That was the final story that I heard. It was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So there's a lot of cover up I feel happening within families. You know, families are ashamed when this happens to their children. And sometimes they will sacrifice their own children for their own pride because they're trying to hide things and cover things up because people are gonna start asking questions. Well, how did this man have access to your child? Where were you? And all these questions come about and then the mothers and the fathers think, oh wow, people are gonna start blaming me. It's natural to ask questions, folks. What we shouldn't be doing is we should not be having these young girls think that they have done anything wrong. Like I am hopeful tonight that that young girl who's only 12 years old has the parental guidance and parents with enough understanding of what she might be going through now to number one, get her professional help, but most importantly, to ingrain in her head that she has done nothing wrong. This is not her fault. You know? Um, so we put out the story. We identified him. We had his photo. Initial reports were that people, the authorities were looking for him because I guess he ran from the scene last night when he was caught. I do understand that the child's father went a little berserk at the scene. Some people say not berserk enough because he didn't chop him where he needed to be chopped. And so as we were in the process of writing the story, which by the way, before anything went up, we contacted the police. We said, this is circulating heavily on social media and WhatsApp messaging. Is it true? The police confirmed that they had received a report of an alleged rape of a 12 year old child. At first, the police erroneously said a boy and they quickly corrected it and said, sorry, a girl. Um, and, you know, we have people connected to the situation who have been providing us with information. So when I saw the photo of the guy, which, by the way, let me put this up. I thought to myself, my God, this man looks familiar. I've seen him around. And sure enough, when you see he's wearing a Koshulas shirt, you're like, oh shit, I've probably been in Koshulas a thousand times shopping. And I'm sure he's walked by and said, hi, good morning, good afternoon. You know, you have your kids running around the store and lo and behold, predators at every turn. Folks, trust no one. Believe me when I tell you that you cannot trust anyone. I don't care if it's the guy who claims he's a photographer and he's gonna give your kids or your daughters a modeling job. There are predators amongst us. 
Let me talk about something here. I wasn't really going to get into the details of what I read yesterday, but I think I will because it really goes to show how things can go down and people can be so incredibly unaware of when they are being used and what's happening, right? So you guys know this guy here, Mario Blake. We've been talking about him. Up to today, I received another message from another young lady where he was um, trying to entice her to send him naked photos. I have all the messages. And there have been allegations about more serious actions against him. So I went to court yesterday and I had a look at the court files. And I wanted to see um, where Ramsey says he's an East Ender, but I don't know anything about him being an East Ender because he's actually from Jamaica, as far as I know. I don't know how long he's been in Cayman for, but um, he went to Kingston Technical School. So I'm assuming he might have came, come to Cayman sometime after that. But I want you guys to listen carefully to what I'm gonna say. Um, this guy, Mario Blake, and I wanna make it very, very clear that he was alleged to have done this crime and the judge found that there was no case to answer which means that after the prosecution made their case, the judge said that there wasn't enough evidence. The judge basically threw it out from there. But the allegation, when you read the court file and what would have been presented by the prosecution in court is very, very disturbing. And so I wanna talk about what the allegation was. This was back in 2005 of an indecent assault. And some of the story he has admitted in his own statement and other bits and pieces of it, obviously his version differs from what the victim, the alleged victim and her friend have said. So these girls go out drinking and um, you know, they're hanging out with each other. One young lady had two drinks at a facility in West Bay Road and then immediately she started to vomit and to feel really sick. So I don't know if she just couldn't handle her liquor or if there was something in her drink or what happened. So she, um, they put her in the car and she's really kind of out of it. I've never been personally drunk in my life, but I can imagine because I've had to deal with someone who was extremely intoxicated once and they don't, the next day they couldn't even remember what happened. And they put themselves in such a dangerous position that I ended up taking that person home with me at the time and making them sleep on the floor in a position where if they threw up in the middle of the night, they would not choke on their own vomit because she had five or six children at home. And I said to her at the time, you cannot go home to your children in this condition. Like they can't see you like this. This isn't right. So I can imagine when someone is extremely intoxicated, extremely drunk, all of the things that could really go down. So the two girls together, first, the one friend was thinking, oh, let's go to attic and have some more drinks. 
And they went to the attic on West Bay Road and the girlfriend, I guess they were gonna leave her in the car. That part of the story is a little odd, but attic thankfully was closed. And you know, the girl was like, she's just really sick. She needs to go home, lie down, you know, get this alcohol out of her system. So they took her home. And on the way to taking her to the girl's apartment. So we have girl A, just for the sake of conversation, let's just call her Amanda. Okay, this isn't their real names by any stretch of the imagination. Girl B, let's call her uh, Brianna, just random names, A and B. So A is driving the car, B is intoxicated beyond anything that she should probably be. <clears throat> and so A said, you know what? I'm just gonna take you home. You live in Georgetown, let me just take you to your house, put you safely in your house, and then you can sleep this off or whatever. All of a sudden, um, this guy here, Blake, Mario Blake, decides to call um, a, what did I say A's name was again? I can't remember. We'll just say A and B because I'm can't. i not going to remember these fake names. Um, did I say Amanda? I don't even know. So he calls Amanda and says, hey, I'm following you. Where are you guys going? Amanda says, I'm just going to take her to her house. You know, we're not going to go anywhere else out for the night, whatever. Okay, well, I'm going to come with you. I want to make sure that you guys get home safely. So a lot of times people will pretend to be one thing to gain access when that is not who they are. And this is the other thing as parents, as individuals, that we all need to be very, very careful of people who put on one face to us or show us one face. So they go to the young lady's apartment, they go inside of her house and um, they start to put this bee, Brianna, in her bed. And then he suggests, he, he's helping to lift her and put her in the bed and whatever, because he did earlier in the evening help to lift her and put her in the car, right? So he's suggesting, um, you go get her some water. Now keep in mind, he doesn't know Brianna, right? He doesn't know B, he knows A. So he's acquaintances, friends, whatever with A, and him and B are not known to each other. So he makes the suggestion that you go get her a glass of water. Okay, so A goes and gets a glass of water. It is during that time period that the victim made a police complaint, and this is what went to trial. And again, I wanna make very, very clear, the judge threw it out for whatever reason, found that he was there was not enough evidence for him to answer to. And B, who's the alleged victim, says that he moved her underwear to the side and fondled her privates and rubbed her thigh and kissed her. Now, B was in such a state that she knew what was going on. She was aware of what was going on, but she could not talk and say, get off of me, leave me alone, none of that. Okay, so the story continues. Um, when she returns with the water, then he makes a suggestion, oh, well, go turn the AC on. Remember now, this isn't A's house. So I don't even know if she knew where the AC controls were, if she had to go looking for it, how long that would have taken. 
to find the controls and to do all of that, right? So then A goes out looking for the controls to turn on the AC. In the time that she's gone, the victim in her police report, in her statement, said that he opened the sliding glass door. She thought, again, half in and out of whatever, that they were opening the door to get her some fresh air. So the sliding glass door was open. Um, A comes back in the room, you know, doesn't say anything, whatever. And then they, they both leave. So A, who's her friend, and also his friend, keep that in mind here. So A wouldn't have a reason to lie in him. It's not like they were enemies or whatever. She later testifies when 911 is called that she left him in the parking lot, standing out by his car, seemingly on the phone. So um, what B, Brianna, then alleges is that she was in her bed and he comes back through the sliding glass door, which evidently he had opened earlier in the night, picks her up out of her bed and starts to take her to the sofa where she thought she was going to be sexually assaulted and raped. It was at that stage that she reacted very forcefully and said, what are you doing? Put me down, get the F out of here. Like she just went berserk. And then he put her down on the sofa and left the apartment. She was scared out of her mind, called her friend, said, your friend, the same guy just tried to rape me. I am scared to death. She got a knife out of the kitchen and held on to the knife. And then they called 911 and the police came and took their reports. Now, you know, when something goes down with a sexual allegation, it's always going to be in most of these cases, folks, he said, she said type of situation. So you don't always know who to believe. And in a case like this, this is a pretty serious allegation. I'm sure the judge was erring on the, in the most cautious way that if they didn't feel that the prosecution really proved their point or proved their case, then they're gonna let the guy walk. The police did not fingerprint the door. And this is where now I talk about slackness on the part of the police. By the time their investigators got out there days later, they're like, oh yeah, well, other people have now touched the door. The evidence would have been compromised. So they didn't fingerprint the door, which I think is still stupid. They probably could have lifted a partial print because his story was, and he, um, the po police went looking for him. He said, to, I think they called first and he said, yep, he would come in. And then he didn't go in they were unable to find him, in fact, for quite some time. They went to his house. His car was there, a car that was in, registered in his name. No one came outside. No one answered the door. And then I think it was, I'd have to double check the dates, but sometime later, he eventually turned himself in to the police station. So he took his time knowing that the police wanted to talk to him to go to the police station. Um, his story was he was inside the house, inside the apartment when her friend left. 
Now listen to how unbelievable this story sounds. He was inside the apartment using the bathroom when the friend left. And the friend left him inside of the house. So when he got up now to leave, realizing that her girlfriend had left, he was like, well, the front door, you can only lock from the outside with a key. And I don't want to leave and leave her front door open. So his logic was to go in the girl's bedroom, pick her up. So he admits to picking her up. He admits to taking her out in the like common area, the, what would be, I guess, your guest room, family room, whatever. And that he was going to get her to basically let him out so that she could then lock the door behind him. So that was his version of the story. Her version of the story is that he came in through the back sliding door, picked her up, was taking her to the um, to the sofa. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? And then he left and she locked herself in. She was so scared. She actually got a knife until the police arrived. Now, that was his statement. He gave a police statement. The police asked him to draw a map of her apartment. So this is where it gets really interesting. It makes you wonder how the DPP and the police can really mess up certain cases. So he was able to draw a map of where the bedroom was and where that common area living room was going to the door. Do you know what he could not put on the map? Take a wild guess, folks. Anybody, Dylan, Dean, Alice, Ramsey, Debbie, Althea, Elizabeth, Karen, Mary's here, Ingrid. Can anybody guess what he could not put on the drawing of the apartment? You know what he couldn't identify, Atlas? Atlas says, what a cold case. This ain't a cold case because they threw the case out. He could not identify where the bathroom was in the apartment. Now you tell me, you've never been in somebody's apartment before. And you go into their apartment that night and you go into, you say three rooms, the bathroom, the bedroom, and the living area. How is it possible that you could not identify the bathroom that you cleaned, you were in and left in, you were using the bathroom when the friend left? Tell me, we're no professional detectives, but even an amateur detective would go, Scratch your head, that don't make no sense. You said you were in the bathroom. Not only should you be able to tell me where the bathroom is in location to her bedroom and the common living room, but you should also be able to tell me some of the stuff that was in the bathroom. Because every bathroom you go in, you take note of something. Where was the toilet paper roll? Was there a bathroom window, right? Was there a big shower in the bathroom? Was there a tub in the bathroom? What color was the vanity? Was there a mirror in the bathroom? There should be something of note that you would be able to say about the bathroom. Not only, and it wasn't a mansion outlet, it was a little one bedroom apartment, maybe two bedrooms. Not only was he not able to give any of those details, but he couldn't even say where the bathroom was. Like I said, it was unfortunate that the police did not acquire fingerprints immediately. They waited and then they said, oh, well, we might as well not print it now because, you know, the door has been compromised. So he claims that he didn't come through the sliding door as the victim alleged. 
that he was left in the bathroom. The victim said, no way, that's not what happened. The case got thrown out. Folks, be very careful. Be careful about when you go out drinking, who you let in your house. Even as friends, young ladies, you might have a group of friends that you go out drinking with on a regular basis. You need to be prepared to have a plan. Like if I get sick or if I have one too many drinks, this is what I want you to do. Taking you home with a total stranger, a guy who is a stranger to you, and leaving him not once but twice in her room. I know that friend was not thinking straight at all when she did that. You are putting your friends' lives, their safety, and their well-being at risk when you make certain decisions. Dean, the judge threw it out. Like I said, I don't know what logic the judge used or what happened. The case dragged on for quite some time um, into 2016. And a lot of persons had been asking about this because they're like, well, we know that he was charged with an indecent assault case or a sexual assault case or something. And whatever happened to it, well, you know, CMR wasn't around back in those days because we would have hell of a reported on it. We would have been on the case from day one and told you the outcome of the case. But there is power in knowing certain things and there's power in information. And so folks, you need to be very, very cautious with how you deal with people. Letting people into your house when you're in an intoxicated state, when you can't defend yourself, when you can barely move is never a good idea. So he's saying that he never did any of those things to her. And he agrees with bits and pieces of her story. So yes, I was in the house. Yes, I was in the bedroom. Yes, I was there twice by myself because the first time I said, go get water. The second time I said, go turn on the AC. But I didn't open the door. I didn't come back in through the door. And I was locked inside the girl's apartment. Both her and her friend were like, well, she wouldn't have known. So it was the friend who testified that when she left, he was outside in the parking lot. But none of that was compelling enough for the judge. And she threw the case out. Now, the DPP and the police lose cases all the time. Sometimes they lose cases for people who are guilty of sin. Other times they lose cases for people who are rightfully innocent. And obviously in this case, the judge felt like they did not have a case for this young man to answer to. So, folks, be weary, be careful, I'm begging you. I do not want you guys to end up on Cayman Mall Road and me talking about your story of how you were victimized, how your children were victimized. But if it happens, this is what I want to make very, very clear. And after this, I'm going to talk a little bit about the hashtag MeToo movement. If it happens, you have got to be prepared to follow the process. Let the police try to do their job, even though sometimes they get it wrong. Give them the opportunity to do it. Karen, I understand your sentiments and how you feel, because trust me, I would want to do more than kick him in his mouth. Believe me, you. So 
let me say this. Last night, uh, Vaughn did a um, video. It was not live. Um, first of all, Vaughn did not want to address anyone specifically in his video. And I think that confused a lot of you because you were saying that um, some of you contacted me like, what was he talking about? You felt like it was a little bit of a rant. And I think really what happened is because he didn't want to talk about anyone specific, he wanted to talk about people generally. But in his head, he was thinking of all these different instances over the years of different people and situations that he's heard of. He wanted to kind of focus his message more on being supportive of the victims. And this is where my message tonight is as well. And what I will say is this. When, you know, we see in the U.S., people who have been accused, not even convicted yet, whether it's a Bill Cosby, it's a Harvey Weinstein, it's a, I mean, I lost count of how many men went down during the hashtag um, Me Too movement, right? Every single allegation almost that came, you know, people, um, executive people in the TV industry, pretty much every accusation that came forward had a bit of a snowball effect. And one of the snowball effects is despite the fact that they were never convicted in a court of law, they were convicted in the court of public opinion. So when victims said, this is what happened to me, this is what this person did, other victims came forward. In the case of Harvey Weinstein, we understand, and this is why I tell you that these perpetrators don't do it once and just stop. They will do it forever until they are stopped. Bill Cosby did it forever until he was finally stopped. Over 50 years, his allegations went back to, folks. R. Kelly, you can imagine being accused of this sort of thing in a court of law, having video footage, still getting off despite all of that, because we know what he did to that little girl. And then you think, well, gosh, that's enough to stop anybody, right? No. What it does, because these guys are normally narcissists, what it does is it emboldens them even more to the point where, ooh, I got off, I'm gonna keep doing this. And they do continue doing it. And they will keep doing it until they're either locked up or somebody deals with them severely. What is shocking in the Cayman Islands though? So Harvey, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, like I said, I've lost count of all the names. I'm sure I could pull up a list here and give you countless names. These guys were fired. Their movies or TV shows that they were on 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were pulled from production. Netflix yanked it down. You know what? This guy has been accused of rape and all this horrible stuff. We want nothing to do with him. We're not going to line his pockets with the profit of his work, even if it was 25 years ago. The reaction was all of a sudden very, very swift. And yes, they were still considered innocent until proven otherwise. But everybody knew these men had a long history of improper behavior towards women and in some cases, even other men. So they started to fall. It was like a dominoes. They all went, doo, 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 doo. they just fell. The biggest names in Hollywood the biggest celebrities, it didn't matter anymore. Nobody wanted to work with them. Nobody wanted to be associated with them. Harvey Weinstein owned his own company and his own company removed him from the board of directors and said, you gotta go son. 
Why is it, tell me straight now, why is it that here in the Cayman Islands, we do not have that type of response? Why is it that companies, corporate entities, can hear of what these individuals have been doing for years, of what they've been up to, all of the talks, and they still give them contracts, they still give them jobs, they still give them work to do. They still encourage them to do the very job that gives them access to victims. Go out there and recruit girls so that you can have the opportunity to have them being intoxicated and late hours working for you, early hours in the morning and be inappropriate with them. It just never stops. When is Cayman, Caymanians, and especially the corporate entities going to finally wake up and say enough is enough and we are no longer going to support anyone that has a long history of these stories trailing behind them. In my mind, these corporate entities at this point should not be concerned with, oh yeah, he's still, you know, he's wasn't convicted in a court of law. There's too many stories, folks. All of these women cannot possibly be lying, I'm sorry. It's almost impossible for that to be the case. When you hear 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 women saying, all saying the same thing about a guy and all different age groups. Oh, when I was 19, this happened. When I was 21, this happened. When I'm 15 and 14, this person is messaging me, wanted naked pictures. We know for a fact naked pictures got out there. I saw them with my own eyes. Oh, it was a case of my laptop got lost. There's too many stories out there in the atmosphere for corporate Cayman. And I don't care if you're, I'm going to call out some names now in corporate Cayman that really need to get it together. I don't care if you're a telecom company. I don't care if you're Jake Scott. I don't care if you're party surfers. I don't care if you're ABC entertainment company. All of you guys are equally responsible for continuing to put bread on the table of people who you know, because you all work in the same industry and these girls talk and the guys talk and the guys that they're with talk and the talk is out there and everybody's talking. So these promoters, these people in the entertainment industry, they are more than aware of how these girls are being victimized and targeted. And you know what someone said to me the other day is there's only two things that you can really logically explain this with. Either they are just like those persons, so they can't really accuse them of anything because pretty much they've done the same thing or they're doing the same thing. So it's a matter of, of birds of the same feather flocking together, right? So they're more than happy to turn a blind eye to the situation. Or it is a case where corporate greed right? Oh yeah, you can get access to Latin girls and, and big bonky Caymanian girls and whatever. Somehow that trumps and that is more important than any sense of doing the right thing in any sense of morality. I've actually had a young lady who is in a similar business have this discussion with me recently. And she said, you know, what is so funny is when she started talking about it, and started to try to address it. People wanted to accuse her like, oh, you're only saying this stuff because this person's your, 
competitor. And she's like, not really, you know, I'm saying it because it's, it's what's happening. This is actually what is happening in our community. And if our corporate entities are willing to pay someone to basically assault our girls and our women, well, what the hell? You don't think they're gonna continue doing it? They get to live the lifestyle, be larger than life. They walk around talking about they own this sort of company, they own that company. Oh, I'm a big shot, I hang out with politicians, right? I own an enterprise of companies. They get to create this facade and this lie that is bolstered by every single individual who uses their services and every single individual who pays them. That is the, the saddest indictment on this country that I've ever seen. We are willing to turn a blind eye to so many things here. It is just beyond disgusting. And the rape, sexual abuse, inappropriate talk to our girls and our young ladies has got to stop. And I don't know if people have woken up or not, but I, for one, I'm not going to tolerate it. If victims come to us, we will invite them on this platform to share their stories. And you guys are going to start getting outed one by one. So if I were you... <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not you child molesters I'm talking to. You better start thinking about going and sitting in a hole somewhere and get your shit together. Leave our children alone. So there's some discussion now about exactly what happened to this poor child today. You know, someone very close to her said, well, it wasn't really rape. Well, listen, I don't know what you want to call it. And honestly, if he touched her in any way, and the story goes that she was actually found with him in a very compromising position with her panties in her hand. We got details of how they were found. And anyone who wants to soften this, well, it wasn't really rape. Let me tell you something. He's a lucky man. Do not do this victim a disservice by minimizing what has happened to her. And believe me when I tell you, it's not the first time. And if he had not yet penetrated her, because maybe that's the only definition of rape that some people really will believe, if he's not penetrated her with his penis, you can rest assured it was only a matter of time. I don't know who this man is, but I am hopeful that the law can deal with him in the most strictest of ways, like I said, our legislation isn't all that strict. But I really do hope that our legislators are also paying attention. We need a sex offenders registry. Every person that enters this country should be cross-checked, double-checked, and quadruple-checked against other reference places elsewhere in the world. We see the Catholic Church a couple of days ago was in the news yet again for the Pope or someone high up, not this current Pope, I don't believe, but maybe the one before him, knowing of sexual molestation cases of pastors raping children and young boys and turning an eye to that, covering it up, not just turning an eye, but actually covering it up. The police have confirmed that shortly after five o'clock yesterday, 
they received a call that a juvenile was indecently assaulted. The suspect left the location prior to police arrival. They arrested a man aged 40 on suspicion of common assault and damage to property. That is the father of the child. We do know that. And then this morning, this 43-year-old man here, make sure you memorize his, brain, his, his face, folks, him. 43 years old. You tell me now, what is he doing with a 12-year-old child? You understand what I'm saying? How does he look at a 12-year-old child and think a 12-year-old child is something that should sexually arouse him? So he went and turned himself in this morning, late morning to the police station, and he's in police custody as the investigations continue. <clears throat> I know that the persons who witnessed the girl and who were part of the situation have given their police reports. Folks, we need to bury him in jail where he never sees the time of day again in this country. And when he's done serving his sentence, you put him on a plane straight back to Kingston, deportation ASAP. Get the young girl the professional help that she needs, offer victims the support that they need. I am sick and tired of people looking for a reason to give these monsters an excuse. What was the victim doing? What was this? What was that? No, 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 stop it. Stop it. Yes, there are those people in the community right now who know who this child is, but you know what? They should be hugging her and telling her how much she is loved. She has done nothing to deserve this. This man, on the other hand, deserves a death penalty. That's how strongly I feel about this. We need to stop sugarcoating this topic. And every single one of them, I keep an eye on the court list and I try my best to out every single one. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. You go after our children, you go after our women, guess what? You're gonna have a target with CMR written on your back because we will put up your picture and we will name you. It's as simple as that. So stop it, leave people's children alone. You guys have sisters, you have a mother that brought you into this world. You might even have a daughter. And yet you continue to, it's like you dehumanize every single woman when you do the things that you do. Caymanians, Jamaicans, Hondurans, I don't care where you're from. If you're living here in the Cayman Islands, we need to stand up now and say our time has come. Hashtag me too is here. It is here and it is time for us to start holding people accountable for their actions. Enough is enough. Okay. Folks, tomorrow morning, <clears throat> a couple of things I want to talk about. So please tune in. Um, tomorrow is Friday already. It's hard to believe. Fab Friday. Thank you, Shay. She says that we need a sex offenders registry. Renita says yes, um, make them get caught with a spliff and they can't get a job, but be a pedophile or rapist and your life is smooth sailing. Mary, thank you so much. Mary says, thank you, Sandra. I really appreciate what you do. Bless you. So listen, folks, in the morning, here's what's on the agenda for our discussion. I better make sure I put the time in correctly. Um, Hurley's Media, the compass is trying to acquire Hurley's Media. Let's talk about it because that's a very... Um, interesting development. 
In addition to that, there is a young lady here in the Cayman Islands who applied for a job with a government agency who did not get the job. And you're going to hear something very interesting about the person who did. So another thing that we need to address in this country is qualified Caymanians being pushed back as second class citizens in this country and not given ample opportunities, but yet our political leadership wants us to believe that we need 100,000 people in this country. And we need um, a concierge program attracting all kinds of riffraffs that we don't know anything about just because they got money. Just because you got money don't mean you're nobody. We see rich people abusing and molesting people and doing the most. So just because you're rich, that don't mean you're a good person. And maybe we need to have more criteria other than just have a big fat bank account. And it's not even a big fat bank account. It's like, what, $100,000. And ooh, you can come into the Cayman Islands and stay as long as you want. Let me dedicate our outro song this evening. This is one that I played before in the show. It's called Find a Way Out. And I'd like to dedicate it to that young victim today, as well as all victims. I want you to listen to the words of this song because the words are very, very powerful. And you know how we're gonna find a way out of the constant abuse and the situation that our young girls are finding themselves in? We're gonna find a way out by finding your voices and speaking out. That's how we're gonna find a way out. Folks, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you so much for joining in and I'll see you guys at 7.30 in the morning. Okay.